Even on a budget, quality is non-negotiable. That's why Quince is the place to score high-end essentials at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Get your hands on buttery soft cashmere sweaters from just 60 bucks, Italian leather jackets, and so much more. And the best part about Quince? They exclusively partner with factories committed to safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Elevate your style without the elevated price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com slash upgrade for free shipping and 365-day returns. Hello and welcome back to the Holtcast. It's time for another match preview ahead of Aston Villa's Sunday night fixture against Leicester City. Well, well, Villa fans, on Sunday we are back in Premier League action facing Leicester City at the King Power Stadium. Cole Pedham here, and of course, welcome back to the Holtcast. I'm not alone, as always. I'm here with my good friend, Danny Raza. Danny, how are you doing? Never alone, man. Um, have we stolen Liverpool's slogan now? You'll never walk alone, Cole? Uh, I'm doing well. Um, I've just come off this international break, just craving Premier League football, to be honest. Uh, it's just been too long and I did not particularly enjoy any of the England games. <laughs> well, well, we'll get into that a little bit, uh, talking about Jack Grealish and stuff shortly, but Danny, I think this is going to be a good episode because I can already see we're on the same wavelength because right when you said, have we stolen Liverpool's, you'll never walk alone. I thought of that too. So that shows promising things. I, I don't want to put too much pressure on us, but <laughs> nonetheless, it's not just me and Danny this week. Of course, it's the return of the Irish legend himself, Neil Dunworth. How are you doing, buddy? Man, I'm blushing. You call me a legend. <laughs> <laughs> That's, I was like, we, we can't take compliments here in Ireland. Stop that. <laughs> I'm only kidding. I, I'm doing good. I'm doing good. It's good to be back. It's good to be back talking Villa again. Um, I don't know about you guys, but I still have uh, goosebumps and hair is still, still up on my neck after that 7-2 win against Liverpool. And we've had a lot of time to digest it over this this international break. And, and you know, um, I think all signs are that everybody has come back coronavirus free and injury free. And that's all I my fingers, toes and eyeballs crossed for uh, that people were going to come back without contracting something because... I suppose my my views and and them actually going ahead with international football uh, are probably contrary to everybody else's, but I, I think it was absolutely ludicrous uh, to to fly hundreds of players north, south, east, and west in Europe and and across the world, uh, knowing that we've got a virus going on. But hey, look, I don't make the decisions, I suppose. But everybody's back, and hopefully everybody is safe and sound. Isn't uh, so that funny? All- isn't that funny that your first thought about international football and like coming into the next game is uh, whether or not a player is contracted a virus? Yeah, isn't isn't that funny that that's what you're thinking about when it comes to to injury news? Strange times. Yeah. Yeah, it's... absolutely. Well, I know that, like, like obviously, I know that, uh, and, and I'm not going to talk about, about about the Irish national team and stuff like that because it's they're they're not really worth talking about at the moment. Other than the <laughs> fact of there's been lots of uh, lots of false positives and co- close contacts with with, with uh, positive cases, and you know the team at one stage were down nearly six players at one stage because they were in close contact with a confirmed COVID case on a plane. So. Like for my money, it was like it pretty much ru- ruled Ireland's last three international games is pretty much redundant because even though they had something riding on them, Ireland never stood a fair chance because of the virus and you know small countries and you know it's 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 just one of those things that uh, it, I think is ludicrous 
under 21 football international football going on and during the pandemic it's it's not a money spinner for anyone when the fans aren't in aren't in the stadia so so for me i think it's i think it's madness that, that it was being played but hey that's uh, as i say i don't make the decisions and i'm probably in the minority for that but uh it's good to have football i suppose over the last two weeks cool oh, you've 100%. got neil rattled already dude <laughs> i haven't even said anything barely so that's fair enough but no like to briefly kind of bring all that together i think the funny thing that i found real well it was kind of ironic too you ever notice like i think it was when like tom hanks got covid everyone's like oh my god like i think it was tom hanks at least and everyone's like oh my god famous people can get it too this is a big deal and then it's like cristiano ronaldo gets it and then like obviously the equivalent of kind of maybe a tom hanks or someone bigger in that kind of world then it's like oh my god it's a threat like no shit (laughs) like how many people does it take for you to realize like to die for you to realize that this is serious but anyways uh let's get away from that chat and let's get on to the lester chat because it's the battle of (laughs) what said football football yeah (laughs) (laughs) but guys this is probably the last time we might say this this season maybe for a number of years but i'm gonna say it anyways because it sounds so good it is second versus third on sunday of course things could change on saturday to move that around but i'm going with that for now it's the the three and oh versus the three and one Uh, of course we played one less game so we have a game in hand um can i just correct you it's first versus second how do you figure that oh no you're right Sorry, yeah, fine. exactly. <laughs> I was going to drink Evan for a second. Don't we're worry, not, don't worry, don't worry. We're not worry. talking about the Kazoo Derby yet. That's that's a that's a that's a ways away. That's a ways away. <laughs> no, I'm being away. stupid. I'm tired. I'm sorry, Cole. It's okay. You can tell we haven't done this for like probably a week <laughs> and a half, roughly. We're that rusty, even though I said it'd be a good episode. But nonetheless, let's get into it, guys. Daniel, come to you first. How are you feeling about this game? Are you optimistic? Are you nervous? Where are you on that typical Villa nah, game? I'm optimistic. I'm pretty sure Leicester have some bad injuries uh, and missing players in and their defense just isn't, isn't all there. Uh, and the last thing that I would want to be facing right now as a defender is a um, annoyed Jack Grealish, a Jack Grealish that has something to prove. Uh, I'm, I'm pretty confident, man. I'm, but like we should be right after three wins and after beating the champions seven, two, like you, you it's, it would be, it would be fickle for me to say I wasn't confident. Wouldn't it? I don't, I don't know. Like, it's not it's not really acceptable, is it? Yeah, it's it's really weird. Like I think typical Villa brain goes like, okay, 7-2 against Liverpool, like that's too good to be true. Like surely we're going to come down to reality, but I feel like I've been saying that every game this season so far barring Stoke, which I don't want to get into, but anyways. Neil, I'll come to you next. How are you feeling about this game because weirdly enough when I look at it, of course, Liverpool had players missing unfortunately because of COVID and injuries. You're looking at Leicester, or they're kind of going down the injury uh, worry right right now as well. So, how are you feeling about this? Uh, I like Danny. I I would feel like I haven't had an awful lot of opportunities over the last four to five years to feel confident about going and playing a team in the top four. Uh, considering we are a team in the top four, I think I should feel confident about this. And I, I do. I come down the confident side. Uh, I think we're going to see a result. I see a good performance against Leicester. Uh, as I say, they have an awful lot more intangibles, uh, unknowns, should I say, from the, with regards to their squad for Sunday's game. Um, I think the fact that it is Sunday, would actually they're actually loving that, that it's Sunday afternoon. And it's not like a 12 o'clock kickoff on Saturday because, you know, they've got 
pretty much their whole defense is is, is uh, on the treatment table at the moment. Well, definitely their central central defense is on the treatment table at the moment. They're already going to be without Ricardo Pereira. Uh, and Didi is definitely out. Uh, no as I said, they're two. Yeah, Benkovic, uh, Demary Gray, who isn't really getting much of a game. But when you look at it, Evans, uh, Sancho. And, uh, and and of course, they have their new signing in Wesley Fofana, who is a fantastic player. But, you know, will he be up to the speed of Premier League football coming from League, League One um, straight away? It's, it, there, there's a lot of unknowns, I think, for that Leicester team. And at, on this Thursday, they don't know who their centre-half partnership is going to be. And um, I would much prefer to be in our position where we do know pretty much what our 1-11 to is going to be. Uh, at this moment in time, we could probably name it. Whereas Leicester are going to have holes in their in their back four. They're going to have one hole at least in midfield. And uh, yeah, I just much prefer to be in our position. I think knowing exactly what we can put out on Sunday. Kind of after listening to that, Neil and Danny, I'll come back to you in a moment. But I'm starting to get this weird like feeling that like of course you look at like I said the Liverpool game. They had injuries. Of course, the Sheffield United game, a man sent off. Fulham just shouldn't be in this league, in my opinion, with the uh, quality and squad they have, or lack of, I should say. It just feels like every game, something is leading up to it for us to take advantage. I don't know, maybe it's every game where all the main players are going to be injured. Maybe this is maybe this is the year we do a Leicester. I'm so, oh, I don't want to say that, but like, <laughs> and I don't really mean that. But You're like, not allowed to say that. <laughs> it's, I don't know. I don't know if you guys agree. Danny, do you agree? Like, does there not just seem something really weird how every time we come, against, come up know. against a team, there's an issue? This is this is just an, a pure example of how football works in cycles because what you've got to remember is that, you know, on a level, right now Liverpool have injuries, right? Right now Leicester have injuries. At some point or another, Villa will have injuries, right? Like, McGinn's going to... No, no, no. No, be honest, right? <laughs> McGinn's going to get to five yellow cards, Sooner rather than later, right? And it'll be an important game. And at the same time, somebody might be injured. And then all of a sudden, it'll be like, oh, Villa are having to play without McGinn and Grealish, right? Like, it, it's football. It works in cycles like that. So right now, Villa can only face what's been put in front of them. And they've got to do their best. Uh, but there's going to come a time when, when, when Villa are going to be struggling. They're going to be in a situation like that, too. That's just what you've got to remember here. So we're not going to win all our games, guys. Sorry, might as well turn off now. No, I'm just kidding. But uh, yeah, no, like I do agree. We have to come back to reality at some point. Um, we have to give credit to Leicester as well. Look what they did to Man City, beat them 5-2. Um, yeah. Of course, Man City have their own issues. Um, what club doesn't at some point in history? Um, it, it's going to be interesting. Like, honestly, I feel like I, I look at this game and this game is either a in my mind it's it's a like a win or a loss i can't see a draw like it's I, honestly i feel like it's either we're gonna lose like three or four one or somehow we're gonna win like five two i don't know why that's in my mind but i just feel like this is gonna be another wild game but neil i'll come to you next because of course like we've said before it, it was an international break as strangely as why they still have that of course we touched on John McGinn, of course, having, I believe, was it two man of the matches, uh, captaining Scotland for the first time. Grealish um, starting for or against Wales, I should say, yeah, I guess um, and making a, a great impact there, getting man of the match as well. So, of course, we have two key figures there amongst others that made um, starts for their countries. So they're coming in with a lot of confidence. So I, I guess we'll start with McGinn because, of course, a lot of the concerns we had last season coming back from injury was... When's he going to get back to 
full fitness? Are we going to see the John McGinn of old? And in my opinion, and I want to know yours, we're seeing the best John McGinn we've ever seen. Uh, yeah, small sample set. I think we are seeing the best John McGinn we've ever seen. For me, I'm not quite. Uh, I suppose actually, I'm not quite sure because I think he started off last season. He was for the first four games of last season, even though we didn't win against Spurs, um, against Everton as well. He was fantastic. Um, you know, there was a couple of games there at the start of the season that he was just the best player in the field. He was he was by far Villa's best player, and he was fantastic. And he's coming close to those to those standards, those breaking runs into the into the box. We don't see as much of anymore. But then again, I think that that and I've spoken quite a lot on that. I think that that is due to a uh, tactical um, system change that Dean Smith made over um, Operation Lockdown or whatever it was during the pause of the league. Um, but he's getting the most of uh, of what he's allowed to do. McGinn is at the moment, uh, and we saw it against uh, against Fulham. He was given a free reign at the start of the game, and boy, did he make use of it! Uh, he was basically everywhere in the first 20, 30 minutes, creating goals, running past defenders, running into the box in those late runs, Lampard-esque runs that he can make as well. And uh, that's what he is. That's what he brings to the game. He brings that like your common housefly he just buzzes everywhere around the place and uh he just wants to be involved all the time and and i like that i like that about him and i like seeing it again because it's and he admitted himself when he came back when we came back after project restart you know he it took him three or four games to get into it and that's that's just that's the human body that's to be expected um i was never kind of worried that we would never see that but that may begin again um but i'm delighted of what i've seen in the first three games so far and i think that he's uh, you know, if you look at his age profile, I think he's 25 years of age. He's getting the adulation at international level. You know, he's not a secret anymore, yet he's still kind of coming up with goods in, in that midfield. He's getting more comfortable playing in that midfield. And I think Ross Barkley, even in that midfield, will help him even more. A bit more grunt from Barkley, even though Barkley does go forward as well. And I, and I think we're probably going to see the evolution of John McGinn, uh, I think, over, over the course of this season. But for now... I must say I'm rather happy with what I'm seeing from him and long may it continue. Oh, 100%. And Danny, I'll come to you next and we'll kind of turn this over to Grealish now um, because, of course, we're going from one player with a crazy amount of confidence, in my opinion, doing um, what I say is quote-unquote dirty pirouettes um, against Fulham and just having that confidence to pull off moves that, in my opinion, I don't know if we would have seen last season. Um, because of the freedom like and creativity that we're seeing. But moving on to Grealish, of course, there's there's been international issues in terms of should he start, shouldn't he start. Of course, most Villa fans think he, Southgate hates him. Um, some people just aren't really bothered by it. There's a lot of kind of different opinions, I guess I could say, um, in terms of where he stands in the national team and I guess maybe even what that means for Villa. So, Kind of going off of the international break back into club football, where do you think Grealish's mindset is right now? Um, I think he's going to be annoyed. Yeah, I think he's going to be. I think he's going to be really annoyed. Now, I don't think that Grealish is the type of player that's going to react negatively to it. I think the only time I've, I, I think I've seen Jack Grealish react negatively to, negatively to a situation is I don't think he was quite his best at lockdown when Villa were, you know, grinding, um, grinding out to to kind of stay up at first anyway. Um, but I think, you know, with, it, with with the England stuff, I think Dean Smith's really going to have to have a word with him because he played out of his socks against Wales, you know, made a brilliant contribution, you know, got the assist as well. And, and in general, I think if you look at the national media, if you look at the national clamour on Twitter, like everybody's 
talking about how he offered something different, about how creative he is and how he's that kind of player that England seemed to lack. But then Southgate doesn't give him any minutes for the next two games. Now, it's never re- that's never happened. It's unheard of, right, that a player will get man of the match for England and then doesn't get picked for the next two, um, you know, you know, injuries aside, basically, right? Uh, and 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 I just I can understand why he'd be upset because he's he's doing all the right things and he's not getting rewarded for it. And I just I don't think that Southgate rates him. Um, but you know he's getting a lot of criticism for that now, uh, Gareth Southgate, because it you know it's, it's very clear. I don't want this to turn into England analysis, but it's very clear that the a lot of fans are unhappy with the defensive style of football that England are playing. Um, the Grealish situation in general is just is just a bit weird because I don't think anybody really or I don't think many people buy the reasoning or the excuses that um that, that Southgate has kind of put out there um I don't really buy all the there's been a lot of criticism for Southgate but I think what you need to understand is that some sometimes managers you know see a particular way of playing football and they just don't rate certain players it happens right it just happens sometimes you know we've seen it happen in the Premier League before when when top, top players have been let go, like Mourinho's let go of Salah and De Bruyne in the past, you know what I mean? It just, some managers just don't rate those players. And I think um, for Jack now, it's going to be a case of coming back. And the question I've got to ask, right, Cole or Neil, right? Do you think that Jack Grealish's football is motivated by wanting to go and play for England or wanting to go win the World Cup with England? Or do you think he's motivated just by being the best of Villa and doing his best for Villa? Because I think at the end of the day, that's what it's going to come down to. Because if it's the latter, then it can only be... I don't think we're going to see a poor Jack Grealish. I think we're going to see a fired-up Jack Grealish. Well, yeah, Neil, take it away. Because actually, I was just going to basically ask the same question to you. So, Danny, once again, we're on the same uh, we're on the same wavelength. So, Neil, <laughs> take it away. <laughs> it's funny. Uh, I've uh, I've been making a lot of... A lot of kind of um, comments and and how people are media trained and stuff like that recently. And bear with me, I'm going somewhere with this. How people how people have been media trained and how it's taken, I suppose, spontaneity out of an awful lot of feeling with certain things. You can see that the the Gareth Southgate has been media trained to deflect away from from questions and so on. Um, and when you listen to Jack Grealish speak, uh, whether it's about Aston Villa, whether it's about um whether it's about England and stuff like that. He's cool and, and, and you kinda get the feeling he has a cheeky smirk, he laughs, he kinda he's, his face gives things away. He doesn't do the whole put your head down, grab your nose thing that a lot of footballers are told to do while they're thinking of uh, of what they're saying, you know, from a media training point of view. Um what and, and what I'm getting at with regards to this is I don't think very many things bother Jack Grealish. He's been punched in the head by a fan and on the field. I, I don't think being snubbed by England is going to have a negative effect on him. Um, I think he knows he's good, and that's okay with me um, because when you're that good, uh, if you don't know that you're that good, you're not going to fulfil your own potential. Um, mm-hmm. I think that in a, in a roundabout, fuzzy kind of way, I think that this actually strengthens Aston Villa's position with Jack Grealish because uh, the media clamour is there. He didn't need to move. He is the be- like he is in everybody's uh, mind now. 
the best thing that England aren't using. He's getting like he's he he's been spoken of in, in in the same breath as well. Everybody says he isn't as good as Jaden Sancho. Everybody says he isn't as good as as Raheem Sterling at the international level. But if we don't give him a chance after what we saw against Wales, you can't say that he isn't as good as those guys at this international level of breaking down international teams, which are notoriously defensive. So, getting back to the question. Yes, I, th- I, I yes, I think that the the Jack Grealish is absolutely going to go out and play every Aston Villa game with a point to prove, but I don't necessarily think it's a point to prove to Gareth Southgate. I don't think he's going to be too um, caught up in the whole. Well, every game has to be the best game I've ever played, so I'm going to shut up that guy in the waistcoat. I think it's going to be more so to the point of. Um, People people love me for what I'm doing at the moment. I need to go out there and keep doing it for Aston Villa and opportunities will come because he's 25 years of age. Southgate probably won't see past Euro, two, Euro 2021. So realistically, he needs to keep playing well in audition for the next England manager potentially because he has he has time on his side. And uh, the only way he can do that is by balling out for Aston Villa. And, uh, you know, the, the longer Aston Villa stay at the top of the table because of his performances, the better he's going to be looked at in the international stage, the better fans are going to look at him because fans of other teams are not like they're notoriously stats based as in they look and they see how many assists, how many goals this person has and then declare him as the best thing since sliced bread. You know, so he's 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 on a massive PR um kind of uh, run at the moment in a, in a good PR sense. We always knew how good he was. We always knew what my, kind of a mindset he had. We've even seen it since, as I say, he got punched in the back of the head. Other fans are seeing it now. And this is only good for Jack Grealish. And I think that Jack Grealish is so level-headed that it's not going to be about... Um, that his performances for Aston Villa won't be with a, with a view of getting into that England team and proving Southgate wrong. They'll be with a view of making sure that he isn't doing anything to hinder himself uh, if opportunities come up, but more so he isn't doing anything to hinder the success of Aston Villa Football Club. And I genuinely believe that, that it's the success of Aston Villa Football Club first uh, in in the in the current climate that we're in at the moment, and then that he knows time is on his side from an England point of view. Sorry about the oh, long-winded 100%. answer there, but it's it's it, it's been something I've been thinking about for a couple of days um, because, uh, as I say, he's a cheeky chappy, he's really cool and collected, and, and even you see him messing with Calvin Phillips and messing in training and stuff, the guy takes everything in his stride, and, and I'm just happy to call him an Aston Villa fan and, and, and our Aston Villa captain, and I think he's more happy to be known as that than, he's, than he is to be known as number 17 for England. Yeah, like, there's two kinds of people in any kind of sport. There's ones that'll take criticism, take the challenge, and mentally, physical, whatever it is. And they'll either basically succeed with it, or they'll just take it as it is and kind of go back home with their ball. I guess you could use that kind of proverbial um, mindset. So, you look at Grealish, we already know what kind he is. He's going to take that challenge, and he's going to go, well, maybe he won't say it or think it. Maybe he'll think it. I don't know. I don't want to say things because obviously I don't talk to Jack so obviously but Mm. when I look at it I see it as you know what screw you Southgate I'm going to prove this I'm going to prove you wrong and if I was Dean Smith of course I want my all my players to play international football and play every game and succeed but he's probably loving this in a sense in some part of the back of his mind thinking I know I'm going to get the best out of Jack I know what he's going to do he's going to succeed and he's going to try even more he's going to just do things we can't even think are possible. Like that is kind of the player we have here. He's not afraid to take risks and he's going to be motivated to push on and to succeed and do even better than the previous game. So Uh. if anything, 
I'm almost happy that he hasn't started in a weird kind of sadistical way because it just it just means the betterment of the club, in my opinion, in terms of his performance to essentially improve the whole squad because a dynamic, a great, wow, a great Jack Grealish, if I can get that out, is, in my opinion, a very solid Aston Villa squad. We've seen that, so and especially this season. So I'm looking forward to that, but... Also, breaking news, guys, I just uh, kind of got some news that Gareth Silke has officially adopted Mason Mount as his child. So, congratulations, Mason. But anyways. I don't think that's I, I, I don't think it's official news, guys. No, it isn't. I just wanted to say that because I think he's, yeah. But anyways, I don't want to get into that. But uh. <laughs> No, can I just say, though? Can I just say, right? This is not a Jack Grealish versus Mason Mount thing. Mason, Mason Mount's no, a terrific no, no. footballer, man. He's a terrific footballer, yeah. right? Can I just say that, yeah? Um, And, and I, I, think the, I think Southgate's almost... Not, not, not intentionally, but I think almost accidentally, by virtue of bringing up Mason Mount every time a Jack Grealish question has been put out, put at him, like that's what's created this, and it's not. Yes, a hundred percent. In an ideal world, you don't play with two defensive midfielders, and I'm not saying I'm a better tactician than, than Southgate, but I think the, the wishes of a lot of England fans is look, play Kelvin Phillips, play Declan Rice, and play Grealish and Mount. Let them both press or whatever it is you want them to do. I his his argument goes out the window when he brings on Dominic Calvert Lewin left uh, left wing. Yeah. You know that's that for me his argument goes out the window and he said, well Harry Kane was winning every every header and and like that Calvert Lewin is uh, is on fire in the Premier League at the moment and this isn't anything to do with Calvert Lewin either. But at the same time, all of Calvert Lewin's goals that he's gotten have been in and around maybe uh, a metre and a half or two metre, two and a half metre radius of the goalkeeper, find the balls that spill off him, crosses that come in, dirty ones in the ground, headers, that kind of stuff, playing him out in the left wing, expecting him to be a creator or to cut in from that left wing, when you have probably one of the best in Europe at playing on the left wing and cutting in on the right foot. It, it, it just it, it boggles the mind from that point of view. And um, like it's... it's England's loss is our gain. I, I, I'll be honest with you. Obviously, not being English myself, I don't. I want England to do well. God knows that Ireland won't be in Euro 2021, so I don't really care. If I want one of the quote unquote home nations to do very, very well in the competition. <laughs> um, but more so, I want Aston Villa to finish as high as they possibly can in the league and a fit Jack Grealish doesn't get injured and Arda doesn't catch up. Uh, it doesn't catch a virus on um, an international on international duty is is okay with me to be honest. But then again, obviously, part of me does want Jack Grealish to fulfil his his destiny at, at at the at the international stage as well. But the selfish part of me obviously is going to put Aston Villa first. And hey, Cole, a win over Leicester yep. could yep. well put Villa top at the end of the weekend. Way way to pull it <laughs> yeah, back, yeah. Thank you. <laughs> yeah. yeah, like people listening to this you guys will know like with international stuff and previewing stuff it's all going to tie in together especially things surrounding Grealish because I think a lot of people have opinions so I hope you guys realize and kind of appreciate that we tied it in and think that we tied it in somewhat well but uh guys before we finish things off here because we can only really go so long for a preview uh Danny what's your score prediction oh man um okay I'm gonna go with three all draw Oh, oh, jeez. <laughs> the heart doesn't like that. <laughs> yeah, but unfortunately, well, this is the thing with Leicester, right? We basically Leicestered Liverpool. This is going to be this is going to be a lot of just like pace, right? And a lot of just running at each other's defenses and counterattacking. 
I, I like what's what's Leicester's defense ain't very good. I, I still feel like Jamie Vardy's going to fancy himself on the weekend. A fresh Jamie Vardy who doesn't have to play any international football because he retired from it. Um, yeah, I think I think that he'll fancy himself a little bit. I think Leicester, even with the situation they're in, they've been playing so well. Um, I, and, and I think that we're both just very, very attacking teams right now. So I'm going to go three all draw. Fair enough. Neil, how are you feeling? I, I, I can't see us conceding three goals, but I do think it will be a draw as well. Uh, I initially thought a two all draw. Uh, but and that's actually what I'm going to go with. I'm going to go with two all draw. I just uh, just three <laughs> three goals for me is uh, is is a lot of goals to concede. But then again, we are Aston Villa. Um, I think just in in response to kind of to, to the to the Jamie Vardy piece, uh, yeah, obviously completely forgot about that as well. That him not being on international duty. But then again, we completely overlooked the fact that Tyrone Mings came in and was. Absolutely brilliant for England at centre half for ten men after Harry Maguire uh, got sent off and you know we didn't really talk about Mings either as well and, and and I thought he was fantastic and I think that's another piece that that Southgate needs to look at. There's there's a lot of question marks in that English team and uh, call it a golden generation if you wish because everybody is like almost a household name I think in that English team. But uh, Tyrone Mings may not be a household name in a lot of other countries, but he's a damn sight better of a defender than um than, than Harry Maguire and I think himself and Kanza uh, especially Kanza I think Kanza will relish playing against Jamie Vardy and and, and also I think another uh, forgotten part of of um of this game as well is we do have a lot of tech a lot of knowledge of Leicester tendencies of players and so on from uh, Craig Shakespeare as well Shakespeare's going is in that backroom team now obviously he made that team take Granted that a lot of the players have moved on, and uh, but but still you're going to be looking at their goalkeeper. He's got no tendencies from him. He's got no tendencies from from I would imagine at least one of the centre halves because um, I don't think uh, both Evans and Sianchu both of them are going to be fit. Um, and obviously he's going to know Vardy's tendencies as well because he created the monster that is Jamie Vardy for Leicester really. So uh, that's in our favour too. Uh, I do think there's going to be goals, as I say, and I think it's going to be maybe a two-all draw. Uh, if we were playing at home, I would have this as a Villa win. But uh, anyway, we don't lose. I think I'll be happy with this with, with the result of, out of this game. Oh, that's fair. I feel like now I should contradict myself when I said I couldn't be a draw, and now I should say it should be one-one. <laughs> so we go one-one, two-two, three-three. We can't um, be wrong. <laughs> yeah, I don't know. Or do I go four-four? Do I, was, I think that was the Newcastle Arsenal game from years ago, if I'm thinking correctly. So, oh, geez. Um, I'm, I'm a coward, Call. I, I initially was going to go 1-0, and then I talked myself <laughs> into going 2-2, two, 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 because I think Villa are going to be very much a 1-0 team for a lot of this year. Obviously, 7-2 against Liverpool aside. <laughs> yeah, I, I see us conceding at least one. It's just, in my mind, how many do we score? Leicester look good but with injuries how good will he be this of course we've neil perfectly mentioned uh, vardy not being on international duty since he retired from international football so there's that factor um, of course they still have a number of very talented players in the midfield and beyond that could definitely punish us if we're not careful so you know what i'm just going to be optimistic why not we're probably at our peak right now so i will go 2-1 to villa Let's just let's keep the train going. Let's let's go for that first spot and hope Everton lose. Because the things I would do to be in first place after actually after actually playing a few games and not just being there because of alphabetical reasons on the first day of the season would be fantastic. Can we just give a quick 
like, can we just quickly mention Ollie Watkins as well? Like, yeah. he's just coming off the back of a hat trick. No one's talking about him, man. Like, it, it got hidden amidst the whole 7-2 situation. But that was an amazing hat trick that the guy pulled off. He's got to be relishing playing against a broken defense. Oh, 100%. 100%. It's going to be interesting because, like, I, I think in the case of Ollie Watkins, it's kind of a blessing that no one's mentioning him because the focus... Of course, Leicester are going to do their job. They're going to do their homework on him. But I think with maybe not the media, fans not really kind of going on and on and on about it, I think it, it's, a, it's a major positive. And I think it's a good mindset for him because he knows there's not that extended added amount of pressure and he can just kind of do his job the way he needs to do his job. And the way he does his job best is creating chances and scoring goals. So more coming this season hopefully and hopefully at least 20 i honestly i the sky's the limit for the guy like i'm absolutely buzzing to see how well he does this season i think we finally have a striker like another christian penteke maybe even better that's how confident i am about the guy with with all the uh, things and stories i've read about him uh, recently from his time at exeter and of course at brentford but nonetheless guys Let's wrap it up there. Thank you very much to both Danny and to Neil for joining me. If you want to find Danny on Twitter, it's at Razajourno. If you want to find Neil on Twitter, it's at LoveMcGrathPod. Of course, go follow Neil's podcast for the love of Paul McGraw. You'll hear the same kind of things you hear here, of course. It'll be two Irish men for the most part, him and Patty. Um, always love listening. It's a good chat and it's a good time to listen, of course. If you're doing some housework or something around the house, that's what I usually when I put it on, but nonetheless, uh, yeah, if you want to reach out to us, it's at 7,500 to hold on Twitter. We'll leave it there, guys. Hopefully a positive result on Sunday. And don't forget uh, the villa. What was that? Boring. No flavor. That was as bad as those leftovers you ate all week. Kiki Palmer here. And it's time to say hello to something fresh and guilt free. Hello, Fresh. Jazz up dinner with pecan crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Now that's music to my mouth. Hello, Fresh. Let's get this dinner party started. Discover all the delicious possibilities at HelloFresh.com.